Hey guys, thank you for clicking play. Thank you for taking that index finger and the fat thumb and hitting play. So again, uh, my name is Courtney Lindsay and you can find me at Yellow Ribbon Ventures LLC on Facebook, Instagram, um, on the website, and also here on this free podcast. So today is episode 39, 39, 39. And today's episode, we're going to talk about how you interact with a seller. How do you figure out if the seller is motivated to guess what? Sell. One of the things you're going to realize and some of the things that I realize even today is that not all sellers are motivated to sell. They think they want to sell, but they're not really motivated to sell. And you and I, we're, we want people that are ready to commit, ready to say, here, take the property. Those are the people you want. And if the guys are not too motivated, you don't throw them away. You keep them on a follow-up list. And you continue to follow up because today they might not be motivated. And in three months, they will be. So... Today episode is just trying to figure out how to analyze the motivation of a seller if they're ready to sell. And every seller you interact with, and I did this in the past and now it's kind of in my head so I don't write it down too much anymore. I do when it comes to my uh, my CRM, which is a, a online website I use for every leads that comes in, I put them into that uh, CRM. Um, and I think it's lessannoying.com, I think it is. Lessannoying.com, I believe. And that is a CRM to where it, it every lead that comes in, I put it through that system computer. And it allows me to always remember uh, the person's name, the phone number, what we spoke about. Because I, I write a little quick description. And if the person said, oh, we're not ready right now, but maybe in six months you can give me a call back. I put a six-month follow-up from that CRM, so that way I'm driving one day and I get a text or I get an email that says, hey, Wendy, follow-up today, and I read the notes, what we last spoke on, and I give the seller a call, and that seller is surprised, like, oh, hey, you did call back. I'm so happy you did because I am ready to sell. So you have to have these these, uh, in place so that way you don't lose these leads because today uh, seller is not motivated can be definitely a tomorrow motivation motivated seller. So today topic is going to be about how do you analyze um, the motivation from a seller if they're ready to sell. And in the beginning, I used to do this all the time and I wrote it down. I wrote down every time I spoke to a seller, I wrote down everything I talked to him on paper and I try to kept it as a paper. But like I said, again, now I use the computer, um, less annoying uh, CRM to to get me to stay on track and also digital. Um, In the beginning, when I was analyzing to see if someone is motivated to sell, I before I did that, I will always analyze the property. And that's something I highly recommend you to do because the better, the more property you analyze, and that's from the ARV, that's from the repair value, 
of what the repair value is going to be um, from driving uh, driving the property from either going a Google Street View of the property, getting on the side of the property, looking at the exterior physically if you can. Um, those are all going to be important because um, that's what I did in the beginning. I analyzed the property a lot before I actually spoke to the seller. And I'll say that again in the beginning, and I highly recommend you to do this until you get better at analyzing is some of the properties I will analyze before I spoke to the seller. So if I sent out a mail out and I was so interested in this home, I analyzed the property in the beginning because I needed to get better at what to offer when I get that call. What should I be asking? What should I be getting from the owner so I can have an answer right away over the phone? And I highly suggest that you guys do the same. And again, that's to analyze every property you get and try to come up with the maximum allowed offer. The more property you do, and hopefully when you do it correctly, uh, the better you're getting at it. And one of the things I did as well is, and, I, and I've said this before, and if you don't have a team, then you're, you're playing the eye game. Um, and it's, it's not going to be... Uh, something that's going to be beneficial for you in a, a team sport or a team uh, business. Um, so if you're playing the I game, you got to start building your team. And that team, again, is everybody around you that are be, are the specialists. Um, that's the brokers. That's the contractors. That's the, you know, um, real estate uh, attorneys. All these guys you're going to need on your team and a lot of those you can find from a good broker because they have connection or contact information with those guys. Um, but when you analyze the property, you can always, you know, again, you have to have a trusted broker or a trusted broker friend that you can send the property to and say, hey, what do you get with this property? And if that person said, yeah, I got 85000 as well, and they got eighty five, you got eighty five. You're knowing you're in the right ballpark. So you got to have someone to bounce that ARV off of, especially in the beginning. Because if you're way off on your ARV and you continue to be way off, your entire uh, journey in real estate is going to be off. And if you're off, you're not going to be making deals work. Um, but sometimes you can. Um, in real estate, you can make mistakes and make money still. It's just how it is. Or you can make mistake and lose money as well. Um, so when you do your, your, your home analysis, which I highly suggest you do, um, every home you're interested in trying to get, do an analysis on the home, figure out what you can, uh, allow, uh, maximum allow offer you can do before you speak to the seller. Now let's go to when the seller give you a call. And that's now important for you is that, you know, the seller is going to give you a call and they're interested in saying, Hey, who are you? And, the seller is going to call you maybe because you uh, had your bandit sign out and they finally saw your bandit sign and they gave you a call. Maybe the seller call you because it's a for sale by owner. Um, you gave him a call. You left a voicemail and the seller's calling you, returning your voicemail. Maybe it's a mail out. Maybe you drove by the home. You wrote the address down and you sent the letter. Maybe it's sticky notes. The sorry I missed you. Um, the most curious uh, piece of all, and they're giving you a call back because they're ready to see if you're interested in 
Um, or who are you? So whatever it may be, the seller is going to call you. And when the seller calls you, you got to be ready to figure out if they're motivated or not. And it's either they're motivated or not motivated. And if they're not motivated, they're put on a follow-up uh, call. And if they're motivated, you want to make the deal and you want to close it. So a couple of things is when they call, right? They're going to say, hey, I, I saw your sign or I saw your, I got your letter. Uh, you know, I have a house here over on Westbury Street. And, you know, one of the things you want to do right off the back is you want to introduce yourself. Again, you know, you come, you introduce yourself, you have a story. And I've said that in an earlier episode. You have to create a quick story that what's your mission? What is your real estate mission? What is the purpose of your business you have? You got to have that story and it has to be ready to be served to that seller. Again, you have to get ready to serve that um, story to the seller because when you sell when you serve that story hopefully that seller is going to serve you their story so the first thing you want to do is you know you want to introduce yourself and you want to serve your story to the seller um you know and that's something you want to do that you know you provide full real estate service and you know um and, and you solve problems in real estate whether it's the bankruptcy uh whether it becomes the uh, foreclosure whether it's the ugly homes you come up with your story and you serve that to the seller and then you know you want to know it's simple right who are you talking to you want to know who that is and you immediately want to know what's a good contact number to call you back and that's very important because if you lose connection with them and sometimes those seller they're going to have an unknown number. They're going to block it because they're either angry, you got their letter, and they try to be secretive, and they put you on private phone number, and they call. But you want to ask, hey, if we do get disconnected, how can I give you a call back? Because I want to continue this uh, dialogue. I want to continue the service that I want to provide to you. So you always want to ask them, you know, who are you speaking to? You want to ask... Um, if, you know, if somehow you get disconnected, how can I get back a hold of you? Because sometimes they're calling on, a, on their, you know, a payphone. They're calling on, yeah, I said payphone. Sometimes they're calling on a different number, and it's not actually their number. And just because you see the number, it doesn't really put to that. That's the contact number for them. Um, and then you want to you want to figure out how do they hear about your business? And this is something, you know, that you want to get better at is in marketing because you want to figure out what marketing is working, what source is bringing you traffic, because guess what? If that source is bringing you traffic, you need to spend more money into that marketing. All right. That's the key on marketing. If you find something that's bringing in leads, you put more money into it because the more money into it, the more calls you're going to get. So if it becomes your sticky notes, sorry I missed you, then you need to be buying more sticky notes. You need to be putting more sticky notes on the doors. You know, if it's a certain color of sticky notes, you want to make sure you buy those color again and re redo the same thing you just did. Um, so you always want to figure out how did they hear about you? And they will let you know, hey, I got your letter in the mail yesterday and just got back from vacation and, you know, I'm looking to sell my home. Or maybe I got referred from a friend. 
And if it's a referral, you need to know who that referral is. And if someone uh, referred you and the deal happens to close, you got to give back something to that that person that you know gave you that referral and trusted you to uh, give out your information to someone in need. So it's important for you to know um, where your leader coming from. How how do they hear about you? And then one of the next, the next thing you want to do is you want to try to figure out, okay, are you the property owner? So you always want to make sure you're talking to the person that can sign those contracts. Um, so the next question, you know, it would be, are you the property owner? And figure out if, yeah, if they're, they're the right person. Maybe they have a power of attorney and now they own the estate. And yes, they are the property owner. Or maybe it's their son that's calling and they and he's not the property owner then you need to make sure you're talking to the actual person that can control to sell the property. Um, and you want to go into, you know, so how long have you owned the property? You want to ask these questions because before you start getting to the meat and potato of the, you know, the maximum allow offer is you want to start building a relationship as quickly as possible to the owner. You want to, and you know, like for instance, for me, I I have a call um, that came in yesterday, right? And it's a new lead. And I have another appointment to sit down uh, this Sunday, um, another new lead. And we're going to talk numbers. But before I talk numbers, I want to build a rapport with the, the seller. I want to find out as much detail I can before we start talking numbers, and so one of the things you want to do is how long you've owned the property. And they're like, oh, man, this property has been my home for 15 years. You know, this home I was raised in. And they're going to go into their story. They're going to go into their why they cared about the property. And then you're probably going to get to hear why the property looks the way it does now. You know, I lost my job. And so now I can't afford to keep up with this house. It's too much. The rent is going up or the... The utility bills, I just can't afford it. But you want to ask them how long you own the property and start to build a relationship before you start getting into the meat and potatoes and going over numbers and your maximum allow offer, take it or leave it. And then, you know, so when you ask them how long, then you want to ask them what's the reason you want to sell? There's so many reasons why they need to sell and you need to figure that out. You need to figure out their pain. What is the pain for this person that's calling you? You know, maybe they want to move to their grandson in Hawaii. In Hawaii, Maybe they want to, you know, just downgrade. You need to figure out their why. The more you can figure out their why, the better you can connect with them. The better you can relate to them as a human being. I want to see my grandson. I'm the only one here in you know, in Washington and all everybody else is in the East Coast and I have two grandkids I don't see often and I need to start to see them. You can start talking and building a relationship. I understand that. You know, I have actually, you know, I'm actually not from here as well or you start to build a relationship. The more you can start building some kind of relationship before you start getting into the meat and potato, the more you will be able to be trusted, the more you're going to be uh, a higher percent to, to making that deal work and closing the deal. All right. So you want to ask them what's the reason for selling it? Cause that's the pain. 
That's the pain, and that's the pain you want to relieve. That's the pain. If you can figure out how to relieve that pain, you got yourself a deal. You got yourself a real estate transaction. And so it's very important to figure out why you're selling. All right? And then you probably want to figure out what have they done um, to this point. What have they done to this point? Have they tried to sell it anywhere else? Have they tried on the market? Have they tried uh, maybe for sale by owner sign? No one called. Um, have they tried anything? And that will give you some more idea how motivated they are. If this they haven't, and you are their first person because you did your homework, you analyzed the home and realized that from the exterior of the home or from a referral, you understood this person was in distress, the warning sign was in your face, and you got to them right before they raised their hand and contacted a, uh, a real estate broker. Um, and you got there first, then awesome and good job for doing that because that's what you want to do. You want to get to that uh, seller before they actually raise their hand saying they need help. Um, and so you want to figure out if where you're at and where they're at in that process. You know, if they've already tried, they've already raised their hand a few times, no one is listening to them. Or maybe you just caught them right before they raised their hand. And again, that's perfect timing. Um, as real estate investors, you want to get to the deal first. If you can get to the deal first, you can do anything you want to the deal. You can you can send it off if you're a bird dog to an investor, get a bird dog fee, right, or a finder fee. If you are a wholesaler, you can wholesale it to an investor and get a wholesale fee, right? Or if you are a, a flipper, then you can either flip it, wholesale it, or hold it. You can either flip it, wholesale it, or hold it. And that's because you got to the property first. You got to the deal first. So always figure out where the seller is at and if they did anything in the beginning or if they're looking to do that. It's always important. And then how soon do you want to sell? Now, this is where a lot of the investors uh, get impatient. And I, I sometimes do it as well. But I understand that sometimes they're not ready to sell right now. I have a lady that I told you that I, uh, last, uh, about two weeks ago, I went and it was in Washington. Um, and I sat down and I, I, I did everything with her and looked at the home, took videos, everything. And that was back uh, right in the beginning of July. And she's not ready to sell until about August, September. Sorry, take that back, September. And that's because she has to get a lot of stuff out of the home. She's, you know, she flew in just to, to meet me and then she flew back out and they have life. They have other things than, you know, just that home. So when you ask a seller, you know, when are, you know, how soon do you want to sell is very important. Again, it lets you know how motivated or their actual situation and, and you being patient to follow that timeline and not being too aggressive um, to where you lose your lead because um, you're trying to force them to sell when they just not ready to because of just personal commitment, financial commitment, um, or trying to get through obstacles, whether it's a probate and they're trying to get the power of attorney and they're trying to get all this estate together um, that is not ready to sell because of that. So it's always important to figure out how soon you want to sell. Because when you figure that out, you can come up with a timeline that, okay, 
we can close in 30 days or less. Or I need to close this in two weeks, then you need to know you need to get on the horn quick and make this happen. All right. So then you now you start getting into, you know, what is their asking price? And remember, asking price is just that. They're asking price. All right. You always want to ask, so what is the asking price? Um, that's something very important that you always want to figure out how to do. And then one of the things you want to ask after you get the asking price is, um, in your opinion, just like, how did you come up with that number? And this is the one that you're probably going to get, they're going to get tripped up with, or maybe they did their homework because they've tried to sell it, sell it a couple of times before. But you want to ask, how did you come up with that appraised number? And that's going to be important for you because, uh, and it's for them to realize, oh, the house next door sold for three something too, and I'm a three bedroom, two bathroom, and it sold for three and a thousand. So my house is a little bit better than theirs. So I feel like I should be able to get the same thing too. So when you ask for the asking price, ask them, how did they come up with that value? And see if they did their homework or it's just something I would like. You know, I would like 300000 but the house is only worth 100000 Um, Okay, you would like 300 but the house is worth... It's very important to know how did they come up with that number. Maybe it's because of their bills. Sometimes owners... They, they don't go off the market value. They go off of what their bill value, their bills are. And if they go off of what their bills are, it's usually never going to work. So you always want to make sure that you, they're at least starting off on the market value. Not, oh, I have bills. I owe 30000 on a credit card. I owe another 100000 on this. So I need 130000 because I got bills. Um, if you can, If you hear that, then you know you're going to have to try to get the seller to realize that he or she needs to be at market value, not bill value or need or want value. All right. So then you want to go, you want to say, is there a mortgage on the property? And this is a very key thing to ask if there's a mortgage, because if there's a mortgage on the property, then there is a set amount they have to pay back that mortgage. So let's say if the house is worth one fifty. And he has a hundred thousand on the mortgage. We know that only way to make the deal work, if it can work, is he needs to satisfy that first mortgage, which is a hundred thousand. And there's a fifty thousand uh, uh, playroom or meat on the bones, if there is any uh, left. So it's very important to know if they have a mortgage. And sometimes, you know, some people will give that information freely. Yeah, I do have a mortgage. Do you mind what is the what do you owe left on the home? And he, oh, I owe a hundred hundred thousand, and the house is worth uh, one fifty or two hundred thousand, and he owes a hundred. Then there's there's room to negotiate. There's room to play. Um, so that's always important. And sometimes they will give that information freely. Yeah, I owe a hundred thousand. Sometimes they're like, why do you need to know that? Well, it just kind of gives me more, more information of where we're at and where you're at as well to try to help you with that uh, on the reason why you want to sell the home. So sometimes they'll get a little sketchy on why, but that's something you can uh, still ask that question. Do you have a mortgage and what is uh, what is what do you owe on the mortgage? It helps you with the big picture on is this person really motivated 
You know, does he, he owes 100,000 left? He wants 200. Um, I got room to play. Or this person owns it outright, free and clear. And definitely free and clear, no mortgage, and, he, and it's worth 200000 and he owes no mortgage, then he has room to play. There's room to negotiate to make this deal work. So knowing whether or not there is a mortgage or not, it's very important because it allows you to understand how motivated the seller can be um, or how, how much room to play to get this deal to work. The next thing, uh, you know, um, if you're doing a lease option to buy, then you want to know the, if they have a monthly payment. Um, if you're doing a lease option to buy, and I will go into that probably another episode, but the lease option to buy, you want to know, let's say if the mortgage was 100000 you're paying 850 a month, all right, and you're trying to do a lease option to buy, everything has to be over 850 to to be profitable. Because you would need to make the mortgage payment of a fifty plus, you need to have a profit of a positive cash flow. Um, but we'll go into the that part in another day. Um, and then you want to ask them, right? You ask them about the mortgage part. You want to ask them are they default on the mortgage? Because they maybe they calling you because they haven't paid it in three months, four months. They're getting foreclosure letters. Now you know they're motivated because. The, they don't want to have that foreclosure on their record, which is seven years or I think it is, or seven to ten years on your credit. And they're calling you because it's six months now they haven't paid the mortgage. So that's why it's important to ask these questions. You know, are you delinquent? Or are you current on your mortgage? Especially if you're going to do a lease option to buy, you definitely need to make sure and, and verify that it had they are current on their mortgage. Um, so... Are you delinquent or are you current on your mortgage is another good question to ask. Um, very, very important to ask. And then the last thing you want to do is you want to say, tell me about your home. And again, this is that story in the beginning. You know, how, how long have you owned it? Tell me about your home. This is that big thing. And you might want to put tell me about your home, maybe up front a little bit as well. But this is where they're going to tell you everything about the home. Remember, when they call you, they have that wall up. They don't know you. They think you're possibly a scam. They're going to have their wall, the guard up. But when you ask them to tell me about that home that they own or their aunt own or they have power of a, uh, power of attorney to sell, they're going to get into good memories of that home. They're going to get into, yeah, I lived in this home when I was six years old. Uh, my aunt lives here. We make big pies. It's a three-bedroom. It used to be a two, but now it's a three-bedroom. My uncle, they're going to go into their story. And as you let them go into their story, which, again, you need to be patient about, they're going to start relent, uh, letting go of their wall. They're going to start removing the wall of, who are you? I don't trust you. They're going to start getting into feeling comfortable about you. So you got to ask them, can you tell me about the home? Not just the characteristics. Um, hopefully you get some meat and potato of how they are attached to the home or how they are now detached from the home because they can't afford it. That's what you need to get from them because if you can get that from them, they will start to build a rapport with you to give you more information. So again, 
Can you tell me a little bit about the property? Even though you know the answers to it. Even though you know it's three bedroom, two bathroom, 600 square feet. You want to let them tell you the story. All right? And then you want to ask them, after they give you all the good and gravy, which usually all the sellers are going to do, they're going to always give you the greatest thing about the home because they're trying to pitch, right? Which, again, we don't pitch. We serve. But they're going to try to pitch you that their home is the best thing on slice, you know, than sliced bread. But the reason why they're calling you is because something is going on. So now you, after you ask them, tell me about the home and they're like giving you the best product of why their home is awesome and why, you know, it costs the way the amount they want. Could you tell me now a little bit about the repairs that's needed? Now you're bringing them back to reality where you're bringing them. Oh, yeah, that foundation is it's been leaking for two months or three months. I can't afford it. The roof is missing. I have shingles, tarp on the roof. Uh, the paint siding is tearing off. I can't afford it. You bring them back to, okay, yes, that's what the home used to look like when you told me about it. And this, again, you're just kind of coming up. This is what the home used to look like, but this is the reality. What are the repairs of the home? You know, well, I, it needs about $80,000 of repair and I ain't got it. You bring them back to reality. And then you all, at the end, you always want to, you know, Go back to, okay, after you gather all that information, maybe you need another phone call and, uh, to, 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 to come back with some answers. Or maybe you can do it then where you start describing how you can help that person and how your team can make this happen. Whether it's a wholesale, whether you're flipping the property, how to make what the information they have, um, whether they're motivated now to buy it or all that information they're just not motivated enough that in four months five months you're giving them back a call when that roof has finally caved in and they're ready to say all right all right all right i'm ready to sell so these are some very good uh questions to ask when you're interacting with a seller whether it's your marketing campaign of uh we buy houses, whether it's uh, sticky notes, whether it's mail outs, whether it's a referral. These are some great questions to ask sellers. Because again, your seller is either going to be motivated to sell or they're not. And if they're not motivated, they're still leads. They still have a need and you need to follow up with them. And if they're motivated, then you need to find a way to connect them, whether it's to yourself or to someone else business that's going to generate you an income all right so hopefully that helped um i'm gonna get out of here my name is courtney Lindsay, and again you can find me at yellow river ventures llc you can find me on instagram you can find me on this free podcast um and hopefully this helps but this is some of the questions you ask when someone calls all right and again you got to have your story to serve that seller when they ask, okay, well, who are you guys? You got to have it. And you got to practice it because you're going to trip up a few times. And the first three or four sellers that call and you, you serve that story, you're going to trip up. But it's okay. The more you keep saying that story, the more it becomes your reality. And I said that on the podcast just a few minutes ago. What you speak or what you think, it becomes your reality. So you got to get comfortable speaking your reality that has not fulfilled yet. Because it will.
All right? All right, guys. Thank you for clicking play. See you guys later. Be productive. Bye.